This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Our first guest is Dallas Jenkins. Dallas is the producer and the director of the largest crowdfunded media project of all time, The Chosen. Dallas, it's, it's so good to see you. I want to talk with you about Christmas. Your life has been centered around Jesus in so many ways. Your dad wrote the Left Behind books. And so you've been talking about Jesus and looking at pictures of the nativity probably for your whole life. Unlike me, who grew up as an atheist, Christmas was about Santa Claus and uh, a new surfboard and, and coffee cake. Uh, so uh, do, do you love Christmas as much as I do? Oh, well, first of all, thank you so much for having me, Kirk. It's good to, good to talk to you. It's been a, been a few years. But yes, Christmas from the start for me has been my favorite time of the year. I've always considered the birth of Christ to be the greatest moment in human history. Obviously, he's got other moments that can compete with it, such as the resurrection. Rising from the but, grave, uh, among others. <laughs> yeah, 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 I don't want to diminish those other fine moments. But the birth for me was always so fascinating because of the contrast, the, the notion that every year we celebrated with, with lights and all the stuff that's behind you right now. I'm very jealous of your backdrop, by the way. Um, but the, the lights and the epic songs and all that were so great, and I loved all of that, but the contrast with what it was based on and what it was inspired by, which is this really small moment uh, that takes place you know, likely in a barn or some sort of stable. And so uh, I, even as like a little kid, I, that always appealed to me and always, I always found that fascinating. But yeah, Christmas, my favorite movie of all time is It's a Wonderful Life. Uh, several of the projects I've done throughout my career were Christmas-based. So yeah, it's, I, I would say, to answer your question, I like Christmas more than you do. I think, I, I think if, we comp- if we competed, uh, I think I would. Well, my inner eight-year-old is jealous of your Christmas experiences because, like I said, I, I, I didn't know what the religious side of Christmas really was. I remember there were some funny-looking people in long robes that brought gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh, but I didn't know who the little baby was. Um, to me, it was just it was Santa Claus and reindeers. Let's right. see. I wanted to talk with you about the fact that You've got this amazing program that you direct, that you produce, called The Chosen. How has creating and producing The Chosen enhanced or changed your perspective on Christmas? Well, what's really interesting is The Chosen was actually birthed in Christmas. Uh, the, the, The show, The Chosen, was based on, or at least born from, this short film about the birth of Christ that I did from the perspective of the shepherds for my church's Christmas Eve service back in 2017. I had, was coming off of a career failure. My movie had bombed at the box office. I didn't even know if I was ever gonna get a chance to do another movie or TV show and had gotten to a place where I was genuinely okay with that, which was the first time in my life that I was spiritually uh, content with whatever God had for me as opposed to wanting him to just bless whatever I wanted to do. And out of that came this uh, project, this little short film that I did. And again, it was only intended, intended for my church's Christmas Eve service. We filmed it on my friend's farm in Illinois, 20 minutes from my house. And in those 18 minutes, 
where we were exploring the birth of Christ but looking at the historical context, the cultural context, the human context, the fact of, okay, knowing what we know about shepherds back in those days, knowing what we know about the Roman occupation, knowing what we know about the longing for the Messiah that these people would have had, and that the religious leaders were the ones who actually received the lambs from the shepherds for sacrifice. That whole power dynamic, what must that have looked like? Exploring that, even just in the few minutes that we did, opened up so much for me. And that out of that is what came the chosen. Because I thought, man, if in only 18 minutes I can see the birth of Christ, even though I've heard about it hundreds of times, but from a new perspective and have a fresh love for it, wow, we, imagine what we could do if we could take even more time with the story of Jesus' entire ministry. So for me, not only have I learned more about the birth of Christ, but I've just learned more about Jesus by having the responsibility of telling the stories and expanding on the backstories of Jesus and these other people and the cultural context and historical context. And I am falling in love with Jesus and with this story more than ever. And uh, we'll get it, we can get into this at any time, but the, that's what Christmas with the Chosen comes from is now that I know Jesus even more, the birth of Jesus is even more extraordinary because you go knowing where he where he went, knowing what he did, but that it all started with him as this helpless baby. I I, I, I genuinely, as forty six years old, am more excited about it than I've ever been. I, I, I'm blown away by the story myself, uh, and the more that you dive into it, the more insights that you get, and you're helping us give, you're helping us to get more insights through The Chosen and through Christmas with The Chosen. It, it's awesome. I'm, I'm kind of blown away by these statistics here. The, uh, the Chosen's been viewed uh, over 374 million times in more than 190 countries on all seven continents. Uh, Dallas, do you think that, that this is indicating that people are having an increased hunger to know who God is? Yeah, and what's interesting is the explosion of the chosen started, or at least accelerated around the time of the pandemic. And a lot of people have said, do you think the pandemic has something to do with that? That people, uh, or maybe they were more scared or they were more insulated, I don't know. But when you look at the last 10 years, there is no question that we are, uh, at, at, at a high point of angst and division. And I mean, we, we, you, you can't turn on the television without hearing about that uh -huh. constantly. And so I think there's two things that have made The Chosen more relevant than ever that maybe wouldn't have made it quite as impactful or successful as it is now 10 years ago. One is the fact that the realization that Jesus came at a very similar time when Jesus came 2,000 years ago, there was heightened division. There was heightened angst. There was oppression. There were people competing with each other for victimhood. There were people uh, constantly complaining about uh, how difficult things were from the top to the bottom. And Jesus comes along and his message is, uh, yeah, I'm actually not here to uh, rewrite a, an earthly kingdom. I'm here to actually bring about a heavenly kingdom and I'm here to, to establish a kingdom in your hearts. And I'm not here to fight this war, I'm here to fight uh, a battle for your heart. And, and that, that piece of it, uh, the fact that the, that the time 2,000 years ago was actually similar to what we're going through now, has, has, I think, increased the resonance for people when they watch it. But then as part of that, the message uh, that, that Christ brought um, is, and I'm sure you would agree with this, more relevant today than it was six months ago, than it was a year ago. I mean, the, the message of Christ is relevant forever, but I think our reception to it is 
more uh, heightened right now than ever. And, and I think the, the, the proof of that is in how people are responding to the show. Yeah, I agree with you. And, and I, I see history really as God's story. History is his story and the story's continued. It didn't end at the book of Revelation. Uh, it, it didn't end uh, 2,000 years ago, right? It's continuing on. And so, of course, the message of Christmas and the gospel is relevant and even maybe more relevant today because I think we're, we're, we're reaching uh, crescendos in, in the big gospel story song. So th this, is, this is so exciting to be experiencing Christmas in 2021. Let me ask you this question. Um, what do you think is the central message that God wants us to understand about him through the Christmas story? Well, that's a great question. Um, we explored a bit in, in Christmas with the Chosen and in the, the brand new episode we did that exists within that. As you know, there's a bunch of music and artists performing, and but in that is a, is a new episode of the Chosen. And um, I, I think that when you get to the end of the Christmas special, which is where we're wrapping up our episode and then we launch into this big musical finale, there's two things right next to each other that I think say everything about the birth of Christ. And, uh, and I think it speaks to the phrase that is very key in our Christmas special, which is, people must know. And so we think about that. What is it that people must know? Uh, because the, the title of the Christmas special, The Messengers, refers to the angels who delivered the message to the shepherds, uh, the shepherds who delivered the message to Mary and Joseph. Um, and now the, the Christmas special ends with us realizing we're the messengers now. Well, what is it that people must know? And I think it can be summed up in these two moments. One is when, when Joseph and Mary are getting ready for the birth of Jesus, there's this shot in, in our episode where Joseph scoops a pile of manure out of the way to make room for Mary to have a place to, to deliver the birth of the savior of the world, the creator of the universe. That image, when you take that along with a finale like Joy to the World led by Phil Wickham and Maverick City Music and, and the Torwaltz and the Bonner family and Children's Choir, all this, and, and it's done in this big epic way. It's my, one of my favorite moments of the whole special. Those two things right next to each other, I think mm -hmm. that is what Jesus wants us to tell people and want what he wants us to know. He came in such humble beginnings. And that, that, that song, think about the title of that song, Kirk, Joy to the World. Here's the key word for me, to. It's not joy from the world, it's joy to the world. We have the responsibility to deliver this message and the joy that comes from humble beginnings that is unique. That is, there is no other message in the world that, that shares with the message of Christ, this notion that we live by dying. We, we find uh, joy through, oftentimes through suffering. Jesus was born in such humble circumstances. And because of that, we must deliver joy to the world. That is our responsibility, to deliver to the world, not from the world. And I think that's, that's the biggest message that I take from it and that I hope to give, give uh, with this special. For the viewer who's watching right now, would you be willing to just look into the camera and maybe just explain in simple terms what the message of Christmas is, what Christmas is really all about for the religious person? Now, I'm not talking about sharing it for the, 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 the kid who was like me, who never really understood the message of the cross, but someone who's heard it their whole life like you did and maybe is just almost gagging on the religiosity of everything that they've heard. Could you just explain it to them in a way that is actually personal and cut through all of that religious jargon? Absolutely. Um, we can't ever let this become routine. We can't ever let this become something that we just experience because it happens to be December. Uh, 
In fact, Jesus probably didn't come during the month of December. We don't know exactly when he came, but the fact that Jesus, the Savior of the universe, came to earth and was born in a traditional manner for, with, a, with, with, with a mom in a barn that, um, and that his cries, his baby, his, his baby cry pierced 400 years of silence, of prophetic silence between the Old and the New Testament and announced that Emmanuel, God was with us, is an extraordinary truth that isn't just a Christmas truth. It is a year-round truth. And my hope and prayer for you is the same as what feels like it's happening to me, is that Christmas is not just a Christmas thing. Christmas is a Jesus thing that happens year-round. And I hope we never, and I hope you never, forget the importance of the fact that just like you, our Creator dwelt among us and was one of us for a time. And the opportunity for, for Christmas is to, in many ways, reignite your passion for the fact that you can have a relationship, an active daily relationship with someone who knows what you're going through because he went through it as well. And we hear that often, but I, what I hope is that when we get to the month of January, we don't forget it. That when we get to the month of January and February, that it's just as resonant as it is in the month of December. When we come back, we're gonna talk with Dallas more about Christmas with the Chosen. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hey, we're back with Dallas Jenkins to talk more about Christmas with the Chosen. So, so Dallas... I gotta say, I watched Christmas with the Chosen, the messengers with all the music and the, the powerful monologues and the story of the nativity. And you made a very deliberate choice to tell this story of the birth of Christ through the eyes of Mary and Joseph. Why did you do that? Well, the first short film that I'd done four years ago was through the eyes of the shepherds. And you, they actually come across Mary and Joseph in the marketplace. We have these little Easter eggs, it was fascinating. But what I realized, when I was thinking through the Christmas story is there's been very little about the relationship between Mary and Joseph beyond the fact that the birth of Christ. Meaning when you think back to the fact that they probably didn't know each other all that well, I found that very fascinating. And how would that have played into it? And that to me felt like a very chosen-esque opportunity to experience Christ through the eyes of those who knew him or encountered him as opposed to what we often do. And there's been a few exceptions, but what we often do in Jesus movies and miniseries is everything's from Jesus's perspective. And I thought, I'd love to know what Mary and Joseph talked about on the way to Bethlehem. And it wasn't just, we're about to deliver a baby. Isn't this fascinating? All right, what are we going to do when we get there? They surely have talked about other things, including the fact that they were new to all of this. And think about the fact that not only were they dealing with the pressure of delivering the creator of the universe, the Messiah, but they were also dealing with the pressure of all of the things we know about what betrothal was like back then. And the fact that, remember Joseph, when he first found out that Mary was pregnant, his first thought was, all right, well, I guess I need to divorce her because 
you know, and I'm going to do it quietly so that it doesn't embarrass her. And the, the angel or the messenger, which is how they referred to angels back then, the messenger for Joseph, uh, similar to the messenger for Mary, was saying, all right, this is not going to be what you think it is. This is different from what you're expecting. I imagine they would have talked about that. I imagine they would have traded notes about their, their conversations that they'd had with their messengers. That just seemed really fascinating to me. And I thought, if we can really explore that um, leading up to the birth of Christ, I think the birth of Christ is going to be even more powerful when you realize who was involved in it and what they must have been going through. And I feel like it's really relatable. Um, and I think that's the whole point of The Chosen is to try to put you into the eyes and ears of those who actually encountered Christ so that you can be impacted in the same way they were. It, it's one of the things that makes it so compelling to watch is that you're, you're, you're filling in between the lines in ways that don't detract from the biblical text. It, it may be a little extra biblical because it's the creative process of doing this, but it's really enhancing it. And uh, it reminded me of things that I saw in The Passion of the Christ that uh, were just, they were just, they, they were powerful and it helped to bring the whole story to life. So, uh, so excited about that. One of the things you also decided to do was to really include a massive musical element in Christmas with the Chosen. Why did, why did you bring so much music into this special? Well, here's what's funny is I'll, I'll kind of reshape the way that you asked it because the music actually came first for us. Last year we did a Christmas special uh, where we had, we were seeing there were all these worship artists and some of my favorite musicians who were, making comments on Instagram about The Chosen. And I thought, boy, I'd love to, you know, love to connect with those people because here's the point, Kirk, of The Chosen. What happens when you know and love Jesus more? You want to worship him. And The Chosen, what we're finding is people know and love Jesus more after they see it. But that's not the end game. The end game is worship. And so last year we did a Christmas special where we gathered all these artists like Phil Wickham and Four King and Country and, and, uh, and, and they all gathered and they all did these... Uh, Christmas songs on the set of The Chosen. And then we played that 20-minute short film that I'd done a few years ago. Well, this year, uh, we, we were going to do the same thing, bring all these artists together. And uh, it was really exciting, but we thought, well, we, what if we tried it doing it in theaters? Well, what, what's going to give people a, a reason to go to theaters, which they're not really doing much these days? And we thought, what if we did a new episode, like a brand new episode of the show? Um, so the music part actually came first, and that's because of the fact that worship is the end game for the chosen. So yes, we have a brand new episode, and yes, people who've seen it so far are responding uh, with excitement about it. But uh, it's always been as much about this music piece as it has been about the chosen, is that once a year we want to gather people together and not only experience the story in the way that we can tell it, but also to respond to it. And so uh, the response to the chosen is worship, and we want to give you that outlet. We gathered some of the great worship leaders and, and musicians in the world, I think, to, uh, to deliver the Christmas message in a unique way. So it's kind of an old-fashioned, in many ways, of like a, a, a Christmas variety show, too, in that it's got music, it's got spoken word, and then it's got this, this uh, episode. Well, it looks like it was just so much fun to make. And I, I know that most people never have an opportunity to be on a set, so they don't know exactly what that's like. But all kinds of crazy things happen on sets. And, and here in The Chosen, you're making this movie where you've got actors, you've got donkeys, you've got all these, you've got the baby Jesus, you've got angels, you've got musical artists. So you, you must have some fun stories. Any, any particular memories that uh, have happened backstage that no one would know about that you might be able to share? Sure. Well, I would say it's twofold. One, 
people coming onto this set, this is a set that is in Utah. It's a kind of a recreation of, of old Jerusalem. And it really is extraordinary um, when you step on foot, it, uh, step onto that set. Because you've, you've been to Jerusalem and I've been to Jerusalem. Um, there, it's hard to actually find places that feel like 2,000 years ago because there's so many tourist destinations now. This really takes you back. And all of the artists who came onto the set felt uh, very moved by it. But I think one of the coolest things that's happened um, you know, I can't think of too many kind of crazy, kooky stories, but uh, but to, to, to take it back to the message of of the specials, we have a lot of people in our cast and crew uh, who aren't believers, who haven't experienced the Christmas story in the same way that that you and I do. And when it came time to film the the birth of Christ, um, we had visitors there. We had our whole cast and crew there. But when we were actually filming it, what's interesting is you only get a baby for 45 minutes. Um, that's just the, the union rules and, and child labor rules, of course, is, is they consider a, a baby, you know, if they're being used in, in, in a filming of something to be working. And so you get a baby for 45 minutes and that's it. So we had two babies because you only get them for 45 minutes apiece. Well, the first baby is supposed to be the baby that, you know, when, when is born is, you know, we've got uh, gunk on the baby and we're trying, you know, we're trying to make it look like a newborn. It's supposed to be crying. And that baby was so comfortable and was so well behaved <laughs> that it would literally like, I would, I would spread the baby's arms out, and you, you had a kid, so you know that you spread a baby's arms out when they don't have clothes on, it makes them cry because they get cold. So I'm doing this, trying to get the baby to, to cry, and the mom is so <laughs> wonderful about it. And this baby would be like cry for a second and then like, you know, curl in and just get so comfortable. And uh, I'm like, you know, the, maybe this baby is trying to act out away in a manger where it says no crying he made, but I don't think that's actually accurate. So we had one baby for the birth and then one baby for when they're holding it and they were reversed. The baby that we were trying to hold kept crying. The baby that we were trying to birth kept being quiet. So that was kind of crazy. But while we were doing it, there really did seem to be, even among the cast and crew who don't know the story well or who aren't believers, there was a sense of reverence. Yeah, it really felt like, my goodness, we are, we are portraying and capturing one of the most impactful moments in human history. And there's, there, there, you could tell, even among those who aren't believers, a sense of responsibility to get it right and to up their game. And uh, I didn't even have to say anything uh, for that to happen. And so that was a really cool moment. I love that. There's just, there's just just something instinctual about this moment that just reverberates throughout the universe, that this is the point in time that all the prophets had spoke of, that every, all of Israel was waiting for, and here it is. That is, um, that, that, I'm sure that was a sacred moment. Um, what, what has been the, the response from people who have gone to the theaters and seen Christmas with the Chosen? Here's what's so crazy. So this was, and you've done Fathom events before, Kirk. In fact, you're probably the, the pioneer of, of all, all of these. We, we walk in your footsteps. But uh, it was originally going to be uh, two nights and one, one time only. Because as you know, Fathom events typically are in theaters for one night, uh, maybe two or three if they're successful, but it's all at 7 o'clock. So when we announced um, on a live stream that we were doing this special, they sold out so fast those first two nights that the theater chains the very next morning wanted to expand it to 10 days. Mm. So the theaters, uh, Christmas with the Chosen was in theaters December 1st through the 10th, multiple screenings every day. We ended up shattering Fathom Events records. Sorry to, to break the news to you, Kurt. <laughs> but, um, but also, we were like the number one movie, or if you want to call it a movie, we were the number one new release 
in, in, in America. And the first couple of nights, we were number one in the whole country of all projects. Um, and, and so it did so well that then the theaters expanded it to the 12th and then to the 16th. And I think right now it's still in theaters in some theaters. So even though we told them, look, we're, we're releasing this for free. I mean, right now, Kirk, you can watch it for free all over the world uh, on our app, on the Chosen app. You can watch it on YouTube. You can watch it um, in, in, on our website. And the theaters still kept it in because it was so successful and people were so excited about it. So the response has been overwhelming. Um, uh, it's, it's been so fun just to see the impact it's had on people. People said that when they go to theaters, even though they can see it for free if they want, going to theaters or going to a church screening where you have the opportunity to be with other people and experience this together, and in some cases even sing out loud along with the artists, I think there's something special about that. I think people have... Um, an extra special excitement when they get to see it with others. So the response has been overwhelming. I really, uh, I'm very humbled by it. And, uh, but I, honestly, we don't do it for the numbers. If the movie didn't, had, had, hadn't succeeded in theaters, that would have been fine with me as well. We just want to be honest and true and faithful to the, to the character and intentions of this amazing story. Hey, could you give everybody, myself included, maybe just a little early Christmas present right now? What, what can we look forward to in the future episodes of The Chosen. Anything really exciting? Yeah, it's funny. I, 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 I've told people that I'm no longer Dallas, the guy you might want to get to know or become friends with. I'm now Dallas, the guy who has answers about season three. That's, that seems to be, the, the if, if not the first <laughs> thing people ask, eventually it's going to come out, so I appreciate that. But, uh, yeah, we have finished up the scripts for season three. We're about to begin filming uh, here in a few months. And uh, one, I think one of the main things I can share with you is that season three really does dig into the cost of discipleship. Um, you know, we oftentimes think, boy, to be called by Jesus, to follow him, that must have been so exciting. And to just have access to, to walk with him everywhere he went uh, for several years must have been so extraordinary. But as we see in the Gospels, even when that was happening, the disciples were arguing at uh -huh. times. They were, they were confused at times. And uh, we, we, we dig into that a little bit in season three, where you start to see especially Simon Peter, who we know was married because he has a mother-in-law that Jesus healed, we explore uh, what that looks like uh, to be in a marriage while one of you is deep in ministry. What is, you know, when, when, when Simon's wife is home while he's off doing all these great things uh, for Jesus, where, what is her role in all of that? So we get into that a little bit, but it's not just that, it's other things where it's, okay, now that Jesus is here and we're following him, we thought he was gonna change everything. We thought he was gonna make everything better. And that's not happening yet. What do we do with that? Is he really the Messiah when he's not conquering our oppressors? Uh, and so we wrestle with a lot of honest questions, um, including, real quick, I'll just say this briefly, one of the disciples, as you saw in season two, is disabled, and he's played by a disabled actor named Jordan. And uh, we wrestle with that too, one of the disciples being asked by Jesus to go out and spread the word and even in many cases heal others. And he says to Jesus, okay, in season three, he comes to him and says, okay, what's the deal here? How come you haven't healed me yet? And uh, we explore those difficult questions, and I think that's something we feel obligated to do uh, when we tell the story, is to address a lot of the questions that viewers all over the world will have. Dallas, thanks so much for sharing all of this with us. Christmas with the Chosen, The Messengers, will be available to watch also here on TBN December 22nd at 9 p.m. Eastern. Hi, I'm Kirk Cameron. Thanks for listening to this episode of Takeaways. If you love the conversations that we're having, please follow or subscribe to this podcast to never miss any of this great content. And please consider leaving a positive rating and a review to help others like you discover this show.